0: This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson.
1: Good morning, I'm Jim Lang, and welcome to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Well, last year, we were fortunate to connect with Michael Barons, founder and CEO of MyRacehorse.com. Just after the MicroShare Racing Stables Authentic won the Kentucky Derby, and just prior to his win in the Breeders' Cup Classic recently, My Racehorse ventured into some different waters, namely Woodbine, where a couple of weeks back, a horse by the name of Duke of Love, trained by a friend of the show, Josie Carroll, made his racing debut and won quite impressively of note. And this was the first starter that my racehorse had this side of the border. And shortly, we will speak with Michael Behrens and find out how important this was for the group and how the partnership was able to race on Canadian soil or make that tapita, of course, so you know, Woodbine. Also, friend of the show, Pink Lloyd, made his final start this past weekend. And of course, he won the grade two Kennedy Road Stakes. The nine year old Gelding won his 26 stakes race and navigated the six furlong distance in an impressive 108.4 for his 29th victory in 37 lifetime starts. Friend of the show and Pink Lloyd's trainer, Bob Tiller, will join us today to talk more about what had to be a very emotional day at Woodbine last Sunday. And we will hear from Bob shortly as he recounts Pink Lloyd's final start and whether there may be a new rock star in the Tiller Barn next racing season. And finally, well, he's back. Co-host Larry Simms will once again try to sniff out some potential betting gems at Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, and some other North American tracks racing today with our Ponies Picks Today, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. It's going to be a great show. You better get your HPI and Dark Horse accounts ready to go for some heavy-duty action today. When we come back, my co-host Larry Simms will join us as we catch up on some recent racing news on this Ponies 24-7 the radio magazine
0: ponies 24 7 the radio magazine brought to you by woodbine woodbine mohawk park ontario racing and rocket ship racing more from the track when we come back on 1059 the region
2: go from dark horse to winner. dark horse is woodbine's new easy to use betting app that brings the thrill of the track right to you it's ai-powered insights and strategies help you make smarter bets straight out of the gate
1: Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. I'm Jim Lang, and let me introduce to you my co-host, the expert in all things ponies, Larry Simpson. Larry, how are you? I'm doing okay. How about you? Good old news. Just a couple days ago, Woodbine applying for a 133-day-long meet in 2022, which would begin Saturday, April 16th, and culminate Sunday, December 11th, with the Queen's Plate currently scheduled to run Sunday, August 21st. Now, a few old-time horse racing fans are a little bent out of shape that it's not in the traditional June slot, but it looks like, by all accounts, it would bind is comfortable with this August date.
4: Well, I think they had such good success this year with the plate being in August, and it kind of just kind of fit in well with the schedule. You had the, uh, I believe, the, the Traverse at Saratoga uh, a week or so after that, and it just maybe kind of fit into that momentum that the whole North American racing scene was, was going through at that time. So, yeah, I, I, I can see it happening. And I, I think, you know, uh, with Fort Erie having the Prince of Wales, it'll be like three weeks probably after that. And then it'll fit in nicely with the Breeder Stakes, which will be uh, three races after that. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it, it was it was good uh, good news. It, it's positive news that, uh, you know, they have established the date already and that they have 133 uh days of racing uh, booked for next year.
1: And a final point on it, a lot of people said, hey, it's a blessing in disguise. It's giving a lot of the Canadian horses time to really get in peak form for the Queen's play with a little bit of extra time before the race in August.
4: Yeah, and I think that was partially part of the problem this year. A few of the horses did miss one or two preps before, and it was it was a bit of a, a crapshoot. Mm. Uh, you know, uh, they saw it through and it, it it was a good race, and the Triple Crown, was uh, there was three good races there, so... Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to, to next year and the 133 days and, you know, the turf course, the turf racing, you know, they put an announcement out there a couple of weeks ago, a press release, that the betting on the turf races this year at Woodbine was just astronomical. And actually betting at Woodbine and Woodbine Mohawk Park has just being astronomical. So Good know, for them. After is. everything
1: they've been through, good for Ex- them.
4: Exactly. And, uh, you know, hopefully this uh, just carries on. And, uh, you know, through the winter, you know, HBI Bet and, and Dark Horse will be active with people betting the simulcast through uh, through those two parties. So.
1: And it's a nice little confluence with Woodbine wrapping up at this time of year. We have our friends at Gulfstream getting underway.
4: Yes, Gulfstream opened yesterday for their championship meet. And... Uh, Yeah, they've got Fountain of Youth and uh, several, you know, Kentucky Derby preps culminating with the Florida Derby uh, first weekend in in April. So, uh, yeah, the racing is starting to heat up. You'll have Santa Anita opening on December 26th with their traditional Boxing Day card. So, uh, Oakland Park opened yesterday for their winter meet. So, uh, yeah, it's it's definitely winter.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, thrilled to be joined by friend of the show and friend of horse racing fans all across North America, the founder and CEO of myracehorse.com, Michael Barents. Michael, how are you?
5: I'm wonderful. Thanks for having me.
1: It's been a last couple of years for you, pretty successful. Lots going on. Uh, You started off myracehorse.com with a certain vision. Is this beyond anything you ever imagined where you are right now with it?
5: Uh, I mean, we were pretty ambitious when we started. Uh, I mean, as I mentioned before last time we talked, is that you know, really genuinely, believe this is one of the greatest sports in the world and getting involved in racehorse ownership is a great way to get new people involved. And that's exactly what's happened. And we've been lucky enough to have the success we've had in North America. We launched in Australia seven months ago, up to a stable of over 32 horses. The UK and Ireland launch next week and a few more countries on the horizon in 2022. So it has been an amazing ride.
4: And one of these countries, obviously, Michael, is uh, Canada because you raced a horse here at Woodbine a couple of weeks ago and actually won with it, right?
5: Yeah, we had uh, our first starter, Duke of Love, up there and really won impressively. It was a horse that we had a lot of high hopes for, but you never know until they get on the racetrack. And it was uh, a really impressive win. It gets us a a lot of excitement for what what could be. And uh, that was really done because we have big expectations in 2022 of coming into Canada strong. Uh, we've been working very hard on all the regulatory work that's needed to do that. And uh, we think we're pretty close. So we were a little ahead of ourselves. That horse is actually mainly just bought by U.S. residents. Um, but it kind of has set us up for what we expect to be a, a big push into to Canada next year.
1: Michael, we're seeing an explosion in North America for wagering, sports wagering, and parimutuel wagering. Is that making a difference in the popularity of what you do with MyRacehorse.com and the interest out there?
5: I think they're kind of symbiotic. I mean, I think more and more people that are getting involved in ownership are then also getting involved in playing in the parimutuel pools, we see so many people that we bring in because they just want the thrill and excitement of figuring out what it's like to own a thoroughbred that start they get involved in betting. And then obviously vice versa. There's a lot more acceptance and excitement and energy around sports betting. Uh, and we're the recipients of that. So I think it's kind of a symbiotic, kind of mutually beneficial situation right now.
4: Okay, take us back to, uh, say, square one when you first started. What was the vision for you behind uh, MyRacehorse.com? I mean,
5: really, it came down to the fact that I was, as I mentioned, I've been a huge fan of racing, never involved professionally, and thought that fundamentally horse racing lacked trial. Um, And it was difficult to get involved. It's an amazing sport once you're able to kind of learn all the nuances, understand all the constituents and the data, and captivating. But it's hard to get involved. I thought and our team thought that if we could let people taste horse racing by getting involved through ownership – They'd fall in love with the horse, they'd fall in love with the sport, and it could be a great catalyst to get into people really immersed and excited about it. And that's really what's happened.
1: How many horses does MyRacehorse.com have right now?
5: I knew you were going to ask me that. (laughs) I think it's 117. Wow. I just looked it up. So yeah, it's it's a big stable right now, Um, and uh, that's globally. So I think it's just over 70 here in the U.S., and then there's just over 30-something in, in uh, Australia, and there is three in the U.K. and Ireland
6: right now.
4: My racehorse has, has won, obviously, a lot of races over the last few years. Which was the biggest?
5: For me, it really was the, the Kentucky Derby. I That, when you asked me for it, this met kind of the expectations and my blown away by the success. I really did believe that tens of thousands, not hundreds of thousands of people would get involved in ownership if it was made available in a real way. And so I don't think that's kind of blown me away, but when I was there in Churchill and watching Authentic turn back to the law and win that race, never thought that was going to happen. And it's just been amazing. Going on win the Brewers' Cup Classic was amazing and there's been a lot of big wins along the way, but there was something about that, maybe my own personal biases or dreams that I had, that, that was special
1: Michael, so many people talk about what it means to be at the Kentucky Derby and own a horse that wins and you see it portrayed in television and movies for someone who was experiencing it is it is it easy to describe what's going through you and have that many people cheering on your horse to victory
5: I' uh, definitely not easy I mean we were it was unique for us right we were in the covid restricted um kind of jerky and so the the crowd was maybe 10 or 20,000 but they were all kind of together at that kind of one spot where i all watched it and i don't know it's 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 everything that sounds cliche out of the movies it slowed down it was surreal it was all of those things that you kind of you hear when these amazing moments happen that was very very genuine and then this the whole evening and being on the podium and and holding the trophy and getting uh, hundreds of texts from people and the social media posts. Like I feel like it was, I got to experience the Derby, even though it was kind of different than the fact that the fans weren't there. The fact that we, I got to do it with 5,000 other people that own this horse and watch their reaction on social and, and see them, their joy and all, all the videos that were posted. I feel like I actually got kind of a, an extra special win getting to share it with so many people.
4: A few years back, obviously when you were in the startup stage, Was there a a racing event or an actual horse race that you said to yourself, I want to be part of this business?
5: For me, when we set it up originally, I was uh, from Southern California. I've actually recently moved here to Lexington, Kentucky. Um, But most of my life I was in Southern California. And uh, I went out to my buddies and we would uh, spend the races at, uh, spend the days at San Diego went to school in San Diego, went to Del Mar. And I think it was the, you know the autumns in in San Anita. I think it was the the summers in De- Del Mar, and just the I don't know, just the pure joy and excitement and, and fun that I would have with my you know friends. And I think for me, it's that's what I just always was very desirous to to spread the word on. I just felt that that there was so much joy to be had in following this sport, being part of these animals, you know, being part of this this industry that it wasn't one event maybe it was just kind of the totality of how much joy that racing gave me and i just wanted to have more people enjoy it That was it
1: myracehorse.com he is the genius behind it the ceo michael barons michael thank you so much for joining us all the best in 2022 and here's hoping that myracehorse.com gets even bigger and better than ever in the future
5: i really appreciate it thanks a lot
1: When we come back, friend of the show, Bob Tiller, good guy in the room right there, joins us on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine.
0: Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Follow us on Twitter at 1059theregion. We'll be right back. One vision. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson.
1: Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Well, it's done. The career, the incredible career of the rock star, Pink Lloyd, is over with a resounding victory. in Last weekend's Kennedy Road Stakes, the Woodbine, Pink Lloyd's trainer, friend of the show, Bob Tiller, trainer of the rock star horse racing, joining us today to talk about a career that maybe few of the horses will ever see <coughs> in the history of horse racing in this country. Bob, thank you again for joining us, and congratulations on a remarkable run with Pink Lloyd.
6: Well, thank you. Uh, it's a bit of a sad day, but uh, we're getting over it. And, uh, we had to put him on the van too long. He's arrived there now. Yeah, all good things come to an end. I guess uh, hopefully all bad things come to an end too. So, uh, <laughs> It's it's a nine-year-old that uh, you know, won 29 races and 26 stake races and 2.455 million. So, you know, it's been... Uh, a wonder, we, we had a great run.
1: Obviously, you and your staff get emotional talking about Pink Lloyd, but it was amazing to see in yeah. social media the people inside and outside of the horse racing industry how emotional they got the connection Pink Lloyd had to the general public.
6: You know, he was this horse and Woodbine's horse, and, uh, and he just got so much heart. He went his last three starts, he went 11 in a row in his earlier in his career and you know he, he through adversity he had a lot of you know he had little foot problems a little there a little there and uh he, he in every season uh, whether it was hot cold or snow or icy run and it was very hard to, that's almost impossible to do with any horse there'll never be another one like pink lloyd
4: going into last week's race bob did you think that the horse had a big shot of winning or did you have your fingers crossed
6: well, you know, he'd won his two starts before and he was running on the league because there was no speed in those races. He loves to run at horses and I kept repeating that. And he got that perfect trip and, and great ride by Hernandez and, and he was able to uh to run the horses down, which is what he'd rather do than just run Head and head for the lead, but uh, so he won his last three and should have won his last four when he, uh, you know, the the race that he was he was checked right out of, which I believe was the vigil.
1: Every once in a while, you read stories and look back in history and go to YouTube and see video clips of really special horses over time. From, oh yeah. From your standpoint, Bob, what is it about a horse like Pink Lloyd and other special horses that make them stand out among all the rest?
6: Well, he had so much hard desire and will to win that made him great. Uh, he loved running. He just loved it. He loved the racetrack. He loved, he's quite a character, you know, he could train late and stand on the rail while horses were working by and he wouldn't, he'd just stand there and look at them Oh, really. That's, that's, you know, and he could, and and then if you turn him around and get get competitive with him, he's a totally different horse. He's a very kind horse at the barn, but he, 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 he didn't really have a temper or anything like that. He was just very kind and but boy, oh boy, it was all business when he had to when he had to race, you know. He was all I'll never forget that he, all business. Until he actually had to do it, get in the gate and race or, 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 or work with another horse he would be just as calm and quiet. Like I said, he'd stand on the outside rail, which is very rare for a third when they're racing fit to just stand there and not move for half an hour. And he he, he you could I mean we never the longest he stood there was maybe ten, fifteen minutes, and and uh, other horses would gallop by and work by, and that just wouldn't upset him. He was just just a super, super nice animal. He'll be missed, but you know he's up there. It's not the end of the road. He's up at Long Run, and and they're gonna they're gonna love him, and people can come and see him. And I I I still think he'll be a, a major attraction up there.
4: Bob, talk about the the special connection between. Yourself and Pink Lloyd and Pink Lloyd's uh, owner Frank the De- the Julio. It goes back a ways, right?
6: Well, you know we bought him as a yearling, and uh, you know time you spend seven eight years with a horse, uh, there's a special connection because especially a horse like this, every day seven days a week, you go through the good bad and ugly. It's like a marriage. I mean, it's not all going to be roses all the time. And uh, you know he had his days where he wasn't feeling good. We had you know we had several instances where he had a colic attack and. Uh, our veterinarian, Doctor Colangelo, uh, you know, had great care. You know, the little, 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 little aches and pains in between when we thought it might be over. So he he, he overcame everything, and uh, uh, you know, he was much loved by, uh, by by Frank and 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 the other partners, and and uh, he was extremely loved at the barn here. Everybody knew Pink Lloyd, and everybody went out of their way. Even people, your competition here, went out of their way to. You know, to try and help you when, when uh, you know, try and stay away from him. When he, when he did gallop, he'd get tough if horses come up behind him, you know. And the other riders, for instance, would know that it was him and they'd back off. So everybody respected him. And one um, more can you ask for than respect?
1: But as you alluded to earlier, there's never going to be another Pink Lloyd. But I mean, you trained a lot oh. of great horses over the years. Looking ahead to 2022, yeah. are there some horses we should keep an eye out for?
6: <laughs> well, uh, you know what, I, I I am cutting back some. I'm uh, you know I'm going to be 72 the next week, and uh, and I got a bad old knee on me here, so I'm going to get another knee replacement. I've already had one, and it looks like I'm going to have the second one done in the next month or so. So I am looking to cut back some, and uh, my people are breeding a lot of horses. They've, they've all become breeders. So uh, sure, we're always looking for a good horse. But, uh, we will find out next year. Uh, we've got some nice yearlings that we hope one of them turns out to be a good horse. Uh, only time
4: will come. Was there any thought given, Bob, to maybe racing Pink Lloyd next year as a 10-year-old?
6: I've got to tell you, uh, from day one uh, this year, right, Frank and I discussed this uh, quite a few times. It was my thought that he should be retired at the end of the year. Uh, little did I know he caught a winner uh, of his last three starts. It probably should have been his last four starts. Uh, he, only raced, uh, he only raced four or five times this year, four times I think it was and uh, he raced five times, three wins in two seconds, and it was always our, our, our desire to retire him as a nine-year-old, and uh, of course, he went out swinging, he went his last three, and that always makes you think, if it ain't broke, why fix it? Maybe he can come back as a 10-year-old, beat the best horses. We, we had all those thoughts going through our heads, and, and we discussed this many times. We had a great talk about it and, uh, many, many times. We both agreed that it should it should end now. Why uh, uh, it, it should end while he's on top? He's going out while he's the, you know. I wouldn't want to run this horse against three, four, five-year-old younger horses as a ten-year-old. I don't think that was fair to him. So yes, we always decided uh, from the beginning of the year that we were going to end it uh, 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 at the end of the year. How hard it, it's very hard to pull the plug on something that's so successful. But uh, that was our our aim and our goal, and, and we have done it.
1: But, uh, you know, Bob, I think I can speak on behalf of all the horse racing fans, on behalf of Larry and myself. Thank you. Thank you for everything you did with Pink Lloyd and all the memories and all the victories. Uh, uh, you deserve some good credit, and thank you again for joining us. It's always greatly appreciated, Bob. All the best in the new year.
6: Well, thank you, and I wish you health and, and, and all the best to everybody listening there. And, and thank everybody, all all the fans and everybody that, that showed interest in this horse because uh, uh, he truly was something special. And as I said before, you're not going to see another one like him for a long, long time. Amen
1: Thanks to that. Again. Thanks, Bob. Take care. <laughs> After the break, Larry Simpson looks at some racing action today around North America, including Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park. So make sure that your HBI counts and Dark Horse app are ready to work overtime today. Stick with us for Larry's coveted Ponies Picks Today, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing.
0: Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Jim Lang and Larry Simpson.
1: Okay, before we wrap up our show, of course, what would Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, be without a couple of possible betting opportunities and potential betting gems as Larry gives us his ponies picks of the day. Sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. Every day is a day to improve. Larry, take it away.
4: (laughs) Thanks, Jim. Uh, (laughs) All right, let's uh, start at Woodbine. We're in the uh, home stretch at at Woodbine, so to speak, with uh, today and tomorrow, and then it's uh, all over for another year. But uh, anyways, uh, Woodbine features a 12 race card today, including the $100,000 Le Prevoyante stakes and the $100,000 Steady Growth stakes. Both of these are open-the-horses sired by a stallion that was standing in Ontario the year of the horse's conception. So, oh, that's a that's yeah. a nice old tidbit. Yeah, so it's a it's basically a you could say it's a it's an Ontario bred race. Oh. Uh, you know so it's some uh, you know additional pu- uh, purse money for for the Ontario breeds. Um, I have my eye on uh, race eleven though, which is a maiden. Uh, special weight at six and a half furlongs for fillies and mares, three-year-olds and up for a purse, $123,200. I take it. I'll take it too. So number 11, Hard Edge, is a lightly raced, well-bred filly from Chiefswood Stables. Um, Hard Edge is making her fourth lifetime start, and each race has has, her buyer ratings have just increased, and... uh, the, she's continued to improve on the track. Her last start on November 6th with a close second at today's six furlong distance, was, which is important that she's, you know, performed well at the six furlongs. Uh, she has a bullet five furlong work since then. And I think with her speed, she should be well situated from the outside post. So Woodbine race 11, number 11, hard edge. Okay, Next. Well, as we mentioned earlier, Oaklawn Park opened their uh, winter meet uh, yesterday, and it's a popular uh, race meeting for uh, handicappers and even our horsemen here in in Ontario. Some of them do ship down there. So race four today is one mile 16th on the dirt. All races are at, there is no turf course at Oaklawn, so every race is on the dirt. The number two horse, Tashan, was my pony's pick in his last start on November the 6th. I remember that. At Churchill and was actually checked twice in the race and <laughs> finished a badly beaten eighth. That's not so, your
1: fault. Don't I guess it early. was, yeah.
4: Well, today, Tashan is down in class <laughs> at Oakland, where uh, he has a win. And he also has a win at the one mile and one sixteenth distance, which is good. And uh, he shows two works uh, since his last start. And that includes a nice five furlong work on November 28th. So, Oakland Park. Race four, number two, Tashan. And to wrap it up? Woodbine Mohawk Park has an 11-race card tonight, and race 10 is a one-mile pace for a purse of $16,000. The number eight horse, Windblowin, made an early move to try and clear to the front last week. despite And despite going the overland route, Windblowin still hung in for fourth. Uh, Went a little extra distance on the outside. I like the fact that driver Jody Jameson selected Wind Blowing over another rival tonight. So I'm going with Wind Blowing, uh, Race 10, number eight.
1: You heard Larry get your Dark Horse apps and your HBI Council ready to go because. Every week, you never know what Larry's going to do. Oh, All best special shout-out to our friend Mark of the Fans of Horse Racing. Thanks again for joining us for this edition of Ponies 24-7 the radio magazine. Just a gentle reminder if you'd like to receive a free digital copy of the latest Ponies 24-7 magazine and it really is something special, email Larry Simpson at the Ponies 247 experience at gmail.com. Don't forget about the Ponies 24-7 Lymphoma Canada campaign, Don't Horse Around Lymphoma. For more info on this, go to the landing page at lymphoma.ca slash ponies. Stick around, 105-9- the region all weekend long. The legend and rumor's up next with York Region's only radio magazine show, The Feed. I'll be back here Monday morning. Enjoy the horse racing. we'll talk to you soon. Take care.
0: Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine with Jim Lang and Larry Simpson has been brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing and Rocket Ship Racing. Tune in next Saturday morning at 8.30 for more on the world of horse racing. This is 105.9, the region.